Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the people who turned a niche Scottish football podcast into a critically acclaimed TV show on the BBC. It's Review from the Terrace, a pop culture podcast network. Hello and welcome to the Still Game podcast. My name is Bethany Tennick. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Rewatchable. Hello and welcome to Review from the Turnbuckle. Debating the best in movies, iconic TV shows, classic albums, peak era wrestling and so much more. Some intern got fired for that. Like, <laughs> like, Jared! And what would you have done? <laughs> Loved it. What a moment. What a moment. Review from the Terrace brings together a collection of professionals, pals, misfits and special guest interviews. The one and only Ewan Angus. Big G Telfer. Director of Slow Games, Michael Hines. That's Review from the Terrace, a newly created podcast network with at least two shows dropping every week. Hi neighbour, good to see you man, good to see you man. It's been a long time man. <laughs> Many people will say it's the biggest moment in the history of wrestling. It's about 35. <laughs> <laughs> Find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And another transfer deadline has been and gone. And Manchester City's search for a replacement for Sergio Aguero goes on too. We need to replace the club's leading goal scorer. Or do we? Our last three home games have finished 5-0, 5-0 and 5-0. So we'll talk transfer deadline day, the in and the outs. We'll talk about the latest 5-0 will against Arsenal. Uh, we look forward to Saturday the 11th of September against Leicester City away. And we now know our Champions League draw opponents and our opponents in what is now known as the Manchester City Cup. So, so let me do that. I've got three outstanding guests. Welcome to my old friend, Tony Newgrosh. Hi, Tony. Nice to be back. Thanks, Nigel. And welcome to Nick Goldstone. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nigel. And last but not least, Rob Barron, CTID. Hi, Rob. Hello, Nigel. Hi. Listen, Rob, you, you kick us off, please. Uh, we've talked the last sort of few weeks about Jack Grealish. Uh, you guys haven't been on since he's uh, he's played for City. Uh, briefly, if you would, because we have covered it. But uh, it's a significant uh, signing for City. 100 million, of course, our only 
signing of this transfer window. Just just your brief reflections on him as a player and him, what he's going to bring to City. What are your thoughts, Rob, on that? Well, I'm very excited by the arrival of Grealish. I think he adds to the quality of the squad. And uh, watching him play on the left wing uh, suggested to me that it's going to be exciting to have him. So I have no problems with the amount of money spent. I think it was the right thing to do. I'm really pleased that Bernardo is staying because I think there was a a big risk of losing him. And uh, I remember in 2006, our transfer window consisted of £6 million spent on George Samaras. And we we were told to be satisfied with that. So we've come a hell of a long way since then. And we ought to be grateful to a competent set of administrators who have managed a very difficult situation uh, with credit, in my view. Well, we we might come back to that because obviously there's, uh, I think it's fair to say, in the press, one or two players that we seem to have gone after and we didn't manage to secure. So so that may be worth against your argument that others on the panel might have a view on that. Uh, Nick, your thoughts on Grealish first, please. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, I I think Grealish is is a nice, player maybe he's a great player maybe he's the next David Silva stroke Kevin De Bruyne or some kind of mix between the two and hopefully that's the case um I think if we paid 60 million or even 80 million for him it would have been a, a bit sort of more below the radar um and I'm 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 not sort of wildly wildly excited like a sort of Galactico type type of a signing but then that doesn't matter to me. I think he's a great player. Uh, I think he's already settled in well and really quickly. And hopefully he remains sort of really, really focused on improving his game and being a good player and just getting on with things on the pitch and doesn't get distracted into some um, some other things. Um, so, yes, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased for him and I hope he does really well. Tony, what does he bring to City that maybe we haven't already got? Is well, he got a bit more, more of the same? Yeah, that's a very good question. I mean, that's my one concern with this. We do have an embarrassment of riches in midfield and we're certainly not lacking in creative midfielders. That's not to say I don't think he's a fantastic player, but, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to the Arsenal game. But, you know, we destroyed Arsenal without Foden, without KDB. It's it's almost impossible to see how we're going to keep all of these players happy. And likewise, I'm delighted that Bernardo has stayed. So, 100 million, a lot of money, lots to prove. I'm going to enjoy watching him, but yeah, I'm not quite sure how it takes us to the next level in the same way a striker would have done. But let's enjoy the ride. I'm sure he'll be a, a great talent for many years for the club. Uh, and Tony, do you want to come back to Rob on what he said? He's kind of praising the administrators for a good transfer window. Some might argue that a striker is required. Of course, we'll remember when company left, uh, there was a number of seasons before we really felt we had a replacement for him. But are we going to fall into that same trap? Or is Rob right and actually winning 5-0 every week is is what it's all about and we don't really need that striker? Where, where do you sit on that argument? Well, time will tell. As you say, three consecutive 5-0 victories at home doesn't point to a huge problem. Um, that said, unquestionably, the Champions League is going to be a major priority this year. And sometimes I think you do need a striker who can win games for you. I'm not too upset Kane hasn't come. I thought the money that was being quoted was ridiculous for someone who's, I think, pushing 29 now and injury prone. 
Um, Ronaldo would have just been a circus and I've always been delighted that we haven't tried to sign Galacticos in the past and certainly not ones tainted in in red from the Stratford half of the city. So I'm not upset to see he hasn't come. I have faith that the club does have plans in the future, perhaps Haaland next year. And I think, yes, we can wait and get him for a sensible price then. And in the meantime, well, we'll just cope with 5-0 victories at home. So it could be worse. Nick, I, 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 it looks to me with your body language, maybe you're going to disagree with Rob here and, and Tony as well. Uh, well, no, not really. I just think it's a difficult, uh, it's a slightly difficult week to be uh, talking about praising the administration of the football club, but there's some very different reasons for that. Um, I, I think there was there was a bit of uh, a, a luck and judgment involved in the in the the Ronaldo situation, which fortunately passed very very quickly. But it seems that they were certainly trying to to sign him, which would not necessarily have gone down well in all in all corners. Um, and they didn't, perhaps for reasons beyond their their control. So perhaps that was a, just a happy coincidence that that didn't happen. But it kind of, you know, it all happened uh, so fast that it, it, it kind of, it's better not to register it for any length of time, really, and just pretend it didn't happen because it, I, I certainly would have been less than uh, overjoyed if it, if it had. Um, and uh, Kane, yeah, I'm fairly pleased that we didn't sign him for 150 because I think the number was stupid. Um, I, I, I do think that, that most 90% plus of the transfer window is media bullshit and most of it probably never happened in the first place. So you get told that things are going to happen and then they don't. Well, you know, they probably weren't ever going to in the first place. And um the, the, the rumor and the nonsense from one half an hour to the next is, is is best ignored for the most part. I think that Lukaku was probably a good signing, uh, and it set around about the benchmark for the price plus or minus, say around ten um, percent. The rest of it was because Kane's English and he's England captain, and there's a bit of of sort of nonsense around it all, uh, and it just wasn't worth it. Uh, I think Haaland's probably worth that sort of money. Um, and it's a shame that uh, that uh, doesn't seem to have managed to sort of transpire in any sort of way. Uh, there was a little mention of it, you know, in the last half an hour or so of the window, but that was about it. Um, and um, but look, you know, if we get Torres and Jesus playing well consistently this year, then they'll be as good as any 150 million pounds uh, new signing. Okay, I'm keen to go back to you, Rob, and, and just sort of explore this, this comment you made about uh, uh, the administration. Just want to clarify exactly what you meant by that for me first. Well, I, I as you know, it's easy to speak uh, well with hindsight, but I, I've said to you on many occasions that Haaland should be the priority, not anybody else. And if what has happened has uh, opened the way to trying to get him uh, more realistic, then I think that's a good thing and patience is required. That's the first thing. The second thing is the, the history of Barcelona and Cruyff and Pep is very clear that false nines are part and parcel of how um, Ajax and Barcelona and now City are able to dominate uh, opposition teams. And it happened for the majority 
of last year. And I think we have to credit the management with not panicking into going all the way over Kane, which we all agree is, is overpriced, and having confidence in having a team of what they used to call inside forwards dominating the midfield and enabling uh, uh, false knives, whoever they may be, to take advantage of, of, of that dominance. So for me, it's not, it's not just um, a disappointment. It's part of a strategy which we saw Pep and Soriano uh, use when they were at Barcelona. Soriano had the opportunity to sign uh, Ronaldo for £18 million and said he wasn't worth it. It was too expensive. So, you know, I'm happy to trust their judgment on these things. Were you happy when we didn't replace Vincent Company for a couple of years and, and we had defensive frailties uh, until we got uh, Laporte and, D- and Diaz to sort of fill that berth, if you like? Because that, that's been the that's been the criticism, hasn't it? That that we didn't do that, and and if Haaland isn't available, because lots of other big clubs in Europe, the the, the team from just outside Manchester are splashing the cash. They've been talking uh, that he may go there. Chelsea have got plenty of cash. Lots of other teams. Uh, he, he might well go elsewhere. He's not guaranteed he's going to come to City. Well, of course not. And that's that's the thing. These these people. The Girastine and Pep and Sorano, they're, they're not magicians. They're not kind of sorcerers that can bring people in regardless of the external world. And they make a judgment, which I support, that you only bring in people if you think they're better than the ones that you've got. And City have made some bad mistakes on central defenders. So I, I wasn't uh, particularly bothered that it took time to replace uh, company and what have we got in hindsight? We've got two of the, or maybe three of the finest uh, centre backs in Europe, which gives the team a strength and a backbone that few other clubs have got. So let's be patient about this and let's see what happens in terms of um, both the Champions League and uh, and the Premier League. It's not looking, um, it's not looking uh, bad to me. It, it looks very promising. Uh, Tony, what about this situation uh, of left back? And, and again, I don't want to talk about that Mendy anymore. I think we'll we'll let um, t- time take its course, and, and that will be dealt with it, it, with due process. So let, let's focus on what we've got in front of us, and that is a situation again where a number of seasons now Pep has been employing midfielders, central defenders, right backs in, in this left back position, uh, and again, some uh, City fans have been critical uh, or questioning the fact that we still go into another Champions League campaign without a world-class left-back. Are you concerned about that or are you pretty relaxed about it? No, I am concerned. I think I think Liverpool won the league two years ago based on primarily the strength of two full-backs and, and perhaps an exceptional striker. It is a critical position and as you say, this has been running for, what, five years now pretty much? And particularly in light of recent developments, the club should have been aware, notwithstanding our criticism of Mendy purely as a footballer, that this was a priority. So I am surprised we haven't gone for a left back and tried to put this to bed once and for all. Um, I expect to see Cancelo fill that spot. And I think he's done pretty well um, of late with Zinchenko as his, as his cover. And I think, you know, we're sort of making do. Um, I think Cancelo proved himself to be a world-class right-back 
uh, last season at times. We're lucky we've got Carl Walker there as well. So perhaps this is the compromise. But yes, I think that was arguably a bigger priority than Grealish. Um, in fact, arguably the number one priority because that's, I think, where we'd suffered. And I think, look at where the goal came from in the Champions League final. I think it's it, it has cost us at times. We will always score lots of goals. I have no worries about that. And we will always have lots of creativity in the midfield. So, yeah, I'm a little surprised, to be honest. But, you know, I think, as Rob's alluded to, I think we do deserve to give the management the benefit of the doubt in this situation. And hopefully Cancelo will, will show us what a world-class talent he is at left-back and right-back. Sure. Nick, I'm keen to get into other things. So, so briefly, uh, on the left-back situation, uh, so there's got lots... Lots more to get through this week. Um, just, just briefly on the left back situation, how do you feel? I think it felt a bit less of an urgent situation this this time round than 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 the same time last year and uh, maybe the year before that. Um, <clears throat> not because, uh, well, I, I think because it's a, it's a little bit unfair on uh, Zinchenko to to continually say that he's not really left back when he's he's just played the vast vast majority of his of his of his games in his entire career there now uh, and and frankly i think he's improved very significantly in the last year or so uh he was a superstar over the summer for his country uh not in that position um but i think he's a he's a very very good player and we've also got cover in Cancillo playing there as well so i i, I, I I think the main thing about about left back, entirely from a footballing perspective, is that many should not be playing there because he is an absolute liability, um, and he proved that again against um, Spurs. So, no, I, 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 I was not as as concerned about that that situation as maybe last year. Rob, concerned? No, I agree with Nick. Actually, I think um, first of all, Zinchenko. Uh, uh, who, who there was criticism of, uh, improved dramatically and had a very good uh, second half of the season. You've got uh, Cancelo there and uh, and Walker. So I don't think that's a problem. I mean, it's quite interesting. It wasn't about buying. City bought back a left-back uh, and then sold him, um, which I, I wonder about, actually, um, because he's gone on to have a very successful career in the Champions League. So I wonder why we did that. Just one other point about Zinchenko, because he's and it's not really about the football and on the pitch, but he's got such a wonderful backstory, that guy, um, and he's such a wonderful example, um, and he's you know he's someone to be really really proud of having in your your club and in your team, and um, you know it's I, I wouldn't want to see him sort of just traded off somewhere because we we find some other. Uh, sort of faceless European bloke for sixty or seventy million. I want him to grow. I want him to be there. I want him to be a part of that team for a long, long time for all, all different reasons, as well as the fact that he's a great footballer. All right. Before we go to the break, I just want to talk about the two key names that have departed, albeit on loan, uh, and that's of course Tommy Doyle, a famous name, of course. Rob, you will remember his uh, his father very well, uh, and Patrick Roberts as well. Both both departed on loan. Your 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 thoughts about. Uh, sorry, just say father. I meant grandfather. Sorry, forgive me. Um, you knew you knew what I meant. Uh, so, Tommy Doyle, Patrick Roberts, anything to say about that? Expected, no surprise there. They'll come back as better players. Poor old Patrick Roberts. I mean, the idea that you signed for City 
and then spent the rest of your city career traipsing around different clubs and not not getting a chance at the Etihad is very disappointing to me because I've seen him play uh, not for a couple of years and he looks like a class player who who might have been uh, developed. So I'm sorry about that. Um, and uh, Doyle is a, a star to come and going to Hamburg is a good sign that uh, the club have confidence in his development. So hopefully... Uh, that'll be for a year or so, and then he'll come back uh, with a claim to being in the first team squad more significantly. Tony, you got a view on either of these two? No, I'm very excited to see Tommy Dole take his steps towards the first team, and I hope he'll be back. It's a, it's a, it's a proper city name, as it were, and I hope he will have a bright future with the club. It's, it's great to see youngsters come through, especially one with such pedigree and history. All right, listen. When we come back, we're going to talk about. Uh, the Arsenal game. Uh, we're going to talk about the Champions League and our games coming up over this next month. Uh, and we'll do that straight after this break. Welcome back. Listen, let's talk about the Arsenal game first. Another 5-0 victory. Uh, Nick, what pleased you most about that 5-0 victory against the Arsenal? Ah. Uh that it was all over very quickly and no one had to worry about anything. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Tony, what about you? Um, listen, it was a great team before. I was actually quite embarrassed for Arsenal. I thought they were awful, to be honest, and it wasn't much of a contest, that said. Five great goals. Everyone contributed. Great day. Rob? Arsenal, nil, Man City, five. Never be embarrassed by thrashing Arsenal. Do you remember when... <laughs> When Kevin Keegan uh, pointed out after City had lost to Arsenal's third team in the League Cup that he didn't know what to do because they were so much better than we were. These things come in cycles and we should love it when it happens. And this was a proper tonking. uh, And it was a team performance in the best sense of the word and it was very heartening. The only person that I criticised at that game was Edison, who, who... to me, uh, needs a kick up the backside occasionally because he's so relaxed. Although he created a goal, uh, he nearly gave one away through his 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 slowness to, to to move. But I thought it was really good. Jesus had another great game, and Torres is magnificent. So uh, it's very exciting to watch, and uh, uh, Bernardo as well. It's quite interesting. Does anyone know why he was crying when he he, he left the game? Well, reports indicated it could well have been his last game for, for City, whether there was a deal on the table and it, it fell through. I don't know. Nick, you've got a view on that? No, I was just going to say I didn't actually notice that he was. I mean, he, he there, it, it, there seemed to be something about the way he went off that was making a little bit of a more of a deal about it than than otherwise because I think there was just a feel around the grounds that it that it might be his last appearance but I didn't notice he was he was crying Tony you're, you're good at sort of uh, your emotional intelligence so it's one of your <laughs> chief strengths I would have thought be, you must have it's a man thing yes yeah your view on, on Bernardo do you have one no, I'm just delighted he stayed I think he had a great season last year I think he's as a person as a player he's a great credit to the club and uh, you know I think Everyone's opportunities are going to be a bit more limited this year with Grealish coming on board, but I, I'm, I hope he will contribute and he always plays with a smile on his face. So, no, pleased he's staying, pleased Laporte's staying, I'd hasten to add as well. Edison signed a new contract. So, you know, that is also 
an important part of the transfer window and I think has gone very well for us. Nick, Rob made the point about sort of man of the match and I, I wrote four names down. I think it was one of those games where so many City players had, had good games and Jesus again, Torres, uh, Bernardo, I wrote Gundogan as well. I mean, listen, you know, you can list a number of players um, who had excellent games and uh, your thoughts on that, if you want to pick out, feel free to pick out any of those um, thoughts on them. Well, I mean, I've been one of his harshest critics, so but I'm I'm genuinely really pleased that Gabriel Jesus had a great game, and he's had a couple of great games, um, which is not a lot, but it's a great start, and hopefully it's the start of something very special. Um, so I would certainly, I think I would pick him. I think the the absence of the two very big names of De Bruyne and uh, and Foden was were just as significant, actually. And what do you, do you really think we missed them then, Nick? Are you saying that what what were we missing then when you when you turn over Arsenal five when you embarrass Arsenal five nil? What what was missing? What would they have brought? Would it have been ten nil? I don't know. What? No, I'm not saying that their absence was significant in in what they in in what was missing from the game, but their absence was significant that they were absent and we still won five nil. Right. In that week. Uh, it, that week for certain they, they weren't missed I'm, I'm not saying that they won't be during the season um, but you know there are there are players that like, that they're just as much as there are players that we'll, we'd want to see have really great important seasons um, there are others that may become I don't think those two will be the two but there are others that may become a little bit more peripheral during the course of the season or parts of it than they have been in the past let's talk Champions League uh, Tony, I've written down here Leipzig, Paris Saint-Germain and Bruges, I think, are the three that uh, we're drawn against. Correct. Good, I got that right then, that's good. <laughs> um, it's just grandfathers and fathers I have a problem with, clearly, uh, on this week's show. Uh, your thoughts on that as a draw then? Obviously, there's a, there is one team that stands out from that list, it's fair to say. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to seeing Leipzig. Yeah, you're absolutely right. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's... PSG, that'll be a great tie, won't it? Uh, I think we all thoroughly enjoyed the semi-final last year. It always helps when you win, but you know, Messi, uh, Mbappe up front, it's not a bad forward line they've got, is it? Um, so, yeah, let's enjoy it again. I, I'm, I'm highly confident we'll get through the group and then, fingers crossed, let's see how far we can get. But hopefully, look, we've all had a bit of an issue with the Champions League as a club, as individuals, I suspect. I think last year's run will hopefully mean we embrace the competition a bit more, I hope, um, and let's enjoy it. I think we've got every chance again. Has your mind been changed, Rob? Are you still Premier League, Premier League, Premier League, dominate your domestic league and the Champions League come second? Or are you moving towards we need to win this Champions League, Champions League now? Where do, where do you sit? You're, you changed at all? I, I evolved, Nigel. I don't change. Uh, I think we need to uh, win the Champions League in the next two years. And uh, I'm confident that we'll have a good chance of doing so. It's quite interesting how many players Leipzig have sold in the last week. Strikers galore. Uh, I don't know what that means for their competence, but I was quite encouraged by that. I think that because PSG are stuffed with superstars, it doesn't make them a team. And therefore, we can be confident in, in pitting ourselves against them. And I don't know much about uh, Bruges, to be honest. So I'm very optimistic, and I think uh, it means we can avoid PSG going forward. 
but it's good experience to play against them at this time. So uh, greatly looking forward to it, excited even. Well, the great news, of course, that Nick is an expert on all European teams. I know he's done his research and he's got pages of notes on Bruges. So, so Nick, over to you. Fill us in, please, my friend. What's, uh, what are they all about? Where, where do their strengths lie? Uh, I think they're from Belgium, uh, which is important. Uh, if I'm right, and I could be wrong on that because I'm not absolutely certain. Um, and, uh, you know, Vincent Company's from Belgium, so they're probably quite good. Um, uh, 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 so, look, they're, they're all, obviously there are no easy teams. There are no easy games in, in the Champions League, and that's all I can... I think any expert would tell you that, so... Um, other than that, changing the subject quickly because that's at the limit of my knowledge of Bruges is that uh, what's quite interesting is that in the last week of September we play Chelsea away, Paris Saint-Germain away and Liverpool away uh, inside a week which could be uh, quite an interesting experience Absolutely Uh, and we play Wickham at home as well in the Manchester City Cup at at the end of the month Um, so uh... That'll be good. Tough to get a ticket for that one, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of touts there willing to uh, willing to sort you out if you need one. Um, so I don't think we'll, we'll we'll probably have a bit of a show before then. Probably have a whole hour dedicated to the Wickham tie. Uh, let's look forward a little bit. We've got the international break this weekend that we all hate, of course, and we play the holders of the FA Cup and the Community Shield. Just to remind you, gentlemen, they won the Community Leicester City, uh, the reigning champions of the Community Shield. Um, and that's away a week on Saturday, 11th of September. Uh, Nick, kick us off on this one, my friend. Um, your, your thoughts ahead of this? On the back of two 5-0 victories, of course, for City going into this one, just to remind you. Yeah, it's a really, it's, it's an interesting one because, you know, our results so far kind of don't tell us an enormous amount. We were so bad against Tottenham and then we, you know, let's be honest, our opposition in the last two games Albeit two massive wins, um, but they weren't up to up to much. And Leicester will be a very difficult proposition, as we know. We always we often have uh, tough games against them. They play very similarly in some ways to Spurs. You know, very much on the break. They always try and do us exactly the same way, and we tend to 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 fall for the same thing over and over again. It'll be a very different uh, game to the Community Shield. Uh, we will have a, an entirely different team. Um, for that game and uh, it'll be a little bit of a litmus test um, and be interesting. Um, I'm not sure which way it's going to go, to be perfectly honest with you. I do get this sort of impression and I'm not entirely sure why, but the the, the Leicester have just slightly off the boil um, this year. Uh, And, you know, they've got two or three of their, of their sort of more senior players that are just a little bit older, a little bit further down the line than, you know, they're just, just slightly off the ball from where they were a year or two ago. Okay. Cheers. Uh, Rob, you, your thoughts ahead of that game? Well, I think uh, I'm optimistic because clearly the team was undercooked and under-resourced in the uh, charity shield. Uh, and I think, uh, as, as has been said, Leicester have made not a very good start to the season. Uh, but they play well at home. They have a fanatical... Uh, crowd behind them, so it won't be easy. Um, and uh, this is a test of 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 the false nine approach. And so let's you know let's see what happens. But you know Leicester City are not the greatest team in England, so 
we should be confident uh, of getting something out of the game. Tony? It's always a good game against Leicester, isn't it? We've had a few a few cracking matches. Uh, can't remember the last time we had a draw, but no, I'm I'm confident. I think we, we're good enough to turn over anyone. Um, hopefully, we'll have Foden and KDB back by then, and we'll go there. I don't think Leicester will try and kick us off the park or just defend for ninety minutes. I suspect it will be quite an open game. It'll be a good game to watch. I suspect and. Hopefully, another three points. So, yeah, I'm looking forward, as you say. hate the international break. Just can't wait to get out there again. And before we all disappear, uh, early doors, uh, not had you guys on this season yet. Uh, just really want to talk about hopes and fears for the season ahead then, really. So, Tony, what, what, what by the end of the season we'll be sitting here, would you like to be celebrating hoping has happened, maybe what's not happened either. Your, your, your thoughts on that. Sorry to, to kind of throw that one at you from nowhere, but just your, your thoughts on that. No, no. Well, just, you know, getting a bit bored of winning the league, to be honest. It gets a bit tedious after a while, but it should be a good good race this year. There's three, perhaps four teams who, who could challenge, so we'll see. Um, so we'll be there or thereabouts. We'll win the League Cup, of course we will. And, you know, Champions League, FA Cup. Well, you know, We'll, we'll win something this year. So we'll enjoy it. Uh, you know, let's not be greedy here, but, you know, love the Champions League. It's about time. So bring it on, boys. What's your priority, Nick? What are you looking forward to sitting here at the end of the season, reflecting, looking back? It's, it's the league. Um, I think not least because there are, you know, it's good that there are, there are one or two sort of scores that need to be settled and battles that need to be won. I think there's, there's, you know, there's Chelsea the, uh, for, for, for certain. Um, there's Liverpool again, and, and there's also um, United that, that have got the potential um, to do something. And um, we've got to win those battles um, again. And I do think that it's going to be, you know, probably I think a 90 point plus season to win the title, which means that, you know, Almost every game counts, really, and really those big games against your rivals really, really count. Um, so, yeah, it, it's all about the league for me. Okay, uh, Rob, has your your mind evolved in the last ten minutes since we last discussed this? Yeah, I my fear is over injuries. Injuries can they're so unpredictable. You know, De Bruyne has been badly looked after by. Uh, his national team, and that's put us into a difficult position. Um, so let's let's hope that he's properly looked after now, and that um, Delap and uh, Foden come back uh, quickly in order to contribute to the team. Uh, De Bruyne, De Bru- you mean De, Bru- De Bruyne and, and Foden? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Delap De as well. I mean, Delap's uh, uh, injured, isn't he? Or there's something up with him, so he hasn't ha- hasn't featured on the fringe. The other issue is about Pep. You know, it, it's not helpful uh, for him to d- have done that interview in which he he speculates that he well he's interpreted as saying he's going to be gone in two years, and it's uh, I think that was probably a, a small error by him uh, because. Uh, we've seen how Rio Ferdinand immediately jumped in to say, well, that, that will mean that Haaland won't come because he won't know who the manager's going to be. I mean, there are wolves out there who, who, who will jump on anything. And it was good that Pep corrected um, 
what uh, what he said. It's quite interesting now that he's the second longest serving manager after Les McDowell. So that's that's fantastic. But there will have to be a succession plan. And, you know, they started early on Pep and they've got to start uh, early on thinking about that too. And before we go, um, I might have mentioned this before in the 10 years I've been doing the show, but Les McDowell taught me how to head a football. He was friends with Mr. and Mrs. Pete next door in Northampton. And he threw the ball up and I shot my eyes and hit the top of my head and he explained and showed me how to head the ball properly. That was Les McDowell. Uh, if you don't know who he is, Google him. Uh, it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure. Thank you to my three guests, to Rob Behrens, to Nick Goldstone and to Tony Newgrosh. This is Nigel Rockman saying so thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.